Hello and welcome to Energy and Efficiency with Emily. This is season five of the E3 podcast and I'm your host, Emily Mottram. In this podcast, we like to talk about architecture, building science, and female entrepreneurship. So prepare to get nerdy. Welcome back to the podcast. I believe this is season five of the E3 podcast, and this year we're doing things a little bit differently. I am structuring some short segments into the podcast this year based on Pretty Good House. So today I want to introduce you guys to Ty Newell with Build Equinox. Uh, we are both working with the Taylorville, Illinois High School and Matt Bloomquist to put together a house. And uh, I designed this house. They're changing it up a little bit for what's appropriate in Illinois for them to build it. And one of the things that we did was connect together with Ty and he did some simulations on our building. And today I want to talk about economics because economics are so important with Pretty Good House. It is one of the things that seems to be missing in a lot of the certification programs is that it's not always talked about uh, the economics of the structure. And so Ty wrote this uh, fabulous uh, article about what we were doing with the house in Taylorville. And so I'm going to let him tell a little bit about himself, who he is and what they're up to, and then how we came up with some of these ideas around economics. So Ty, tell us a little bit about who you are. Well, I'm old. I'm a retired professor in mechanical engineering at the University of Illinois. And for whatever reason, I've been wired up for as long as I can remember to work on sustainability. I mean, that is uh, the sum of my career is working on how do we live on our daily allowance of solar energy, but how do we do that in a healthy and comfortable manner? And I retired uh, 2007 from the University of Illinois to get back on the front lines working with my son, who's my boss. He's president of our company, Build Equinox, and another young engineer. We're all mechanical engineers. And we've got a deep background also as consultants to the uh, HVAC and our industry. So uh, things from military uh, type air conditioning units to appliances. We've worked with companies all over the world in designing those. And so that's kind of our nuts and bolts background, but we're all wired up for, for how do we live in this manner? And so the house I'm sitting in was designed economically with our opti optimization model zeros. This is a zero plus home, 2,100 square foot ranch in central Illinois. But also, um, and if you look at news articles on our website, where I work is solar powered. So I'm pinching myself you know, I, I may be a little bit slow. It took me five decades to get there, but where I live, where I work, I have electric cars since 2012. This house is the first house in Illinois to uh, be allowed to use rainwater indoors, uh, which is a few hoops to jump through with the Department of Public Health. But but anyway, that's kind of the background on the things I do. And uh, I can't tell you why, but I'm just wired up that way. That's awesome. So on our Taylorville, Illinois house, you actually did three simulations. You actually probably did way more than three simulations, but you wrote up this great 
presentation that I thought was really easy for people to understand. And you labeled it contractor loose, contractor tight, and contractor smart. And I would say that the way that the Taylorville, Illinois trade program is going to build it is going to be contractor smart, right? You probably talked to Matt about some of the things. It's based on the plan set that we uh, designed here at Matram Architecture. But tell me a little bit about the differences between contractor loose, contractor tight, and contractor smart. Yeah, and this... Uh, you know, those names came from a series of reports that are on our website as well on managing moisture, handling humidity, and to show in those reports how building a loose house, but a loose house isn't that loose, maybe 6 ACH 50 compared to contact, contractor tight that gets it down to 1 ACH 50 or less. And then contractor smart, and the difference between tight and smart is that Smart ventilates when needed, and then doesn't ventilate when not needed. Compared to today's ASHRAE ventilation, which is your house is this size, it has this many bedrooms, just blow air through it. And and maintaining good air quality in a house is more than just blowing air through it. We regularly monitor homes around the U.S., and I can tell you the leakiest house you can think of, 10, 20 ACH, 50 will have bad air quality where the people are, great air quality where they ain't. Because where the leaks are, where the infiltration occurs and where you live are two different things. And in today's tightly sealed house, uh, as as the pandemic is showing, these are not healthy uh, ventilation standards. You're gonna get sick when you go in any, uh, any building with sick people in it, that's ventilating to those standards. We need a much, much better standard. But anyway, that loose is a leaky home, but not a healthy home. Tight is using standard ventilation, but not smart ventilation. And then smart ventilate, because ventilation is a lot of energy, but apply it when and where you need it in a house. And the differences show up also in energy usage. So smart is just a much more energy efficient house when you don't just willy nilly blow air in at whatever the building standard called for. And and so that's the point of those three homes to look at what they look like. Now in future episodes, as we go through the project with Matt in building a net zero pretty good house, it's not to say, okay, uh, the house by contractor loose and the house by contractor tight, you're screwed. It's to say, okay, let's go back and renovate contractor loose's house and see what it takes to get that smart ventilated and then improve performance, heat pump, water heater, maybe better windows, uh, trying to seal it up as much as you might. Contractor tight, which is essentially a similar house to contractor smart, but now let's just operate that smartly. Let's put in a heat pump water heater. Let's put in a high performance mini split heat pump and let's ventilate smartly. And so uh, the goal will also be, let's go to these homes because they're being built all over the country or they were built decades ago and see what the costs are to then get them up to being a pretty good house. 
And so as part of that scenario that you put together, you looked at it over uh, both a 30-year mortgage, which is what a lot of people have, and you looked at it over you know, the lifespan of the house. So let's say that each one of these is building a 100-year house, which meant you're bringing in those things that you just mentioned is like, how do we renovate this now that we know better and we have this existing yeah. structure? And I'd love to say that Contractor Smart is also thinking about um, you know, not just ventilating when you need to ventilate, but also the things that they're trapping in the house with the people, right? There maybe their materials are a little bit smarter so that you yeah. don't have as much that you need to ventilate for off-gassing or whatever. Yeah. Um, so when you took a look at those and you looked at the numbers, economically, we always think about uh day first dollar, but we very rarely look at what it actually costs maybe across that 30 year mortgage, but also across, you know, the hundred years of that home ownership. Well, the, maybe not the same people are going to own that home, but you know, if they don't have to put a hundred thousand dollars into it, every time somebody buys it and flips it, you know, there's cost savings associated with some of these things. So how did you yeah. manage to look at that economically? Yeah. And that's, that's always a good debate because different people have different viewpoints on, on, the economics, you know, what should the lifetime of the house be? So, you know, I feel society-wise, we need to look at the estimated lifetime of a house, which I would say typically is about a hundred years. And you get a pretty good idea of that knowing that we've got maybe 120 or so million homes around the U.S. And we're building maybe a million plus or minus a few hundred thousand each year. And that's saying, well, we're replacing 1% of that a year. So that's basically a hundred year lifetime. Now, but other people, if I were building an apartment building and I didn't have regulations that told me I need to use this much insulation, that economic model is going to say, don't put any insulation in the thing. Who's going to pay you for that? It's going to look like the building next door to you. Who's going to know you're not paying the utility bill, sell that thing, get on to the next one. And so you're battling those type of uh, demands. But the good news on a house, whether you're living in it in five years, 10 years or more, is that people are sensitive to when I'm going to buy a house asking you, hey, well, what's your utility bill? Or now not seeing solar as a detriment, but as, as a benefit. You know, back in the solar thermal days, those collectors, they just degraded. You know, they overheated, they stagnated, they looked horrible. You had to till them differently. They didn't integrate nicely into roof lines. Now you're seeing them on north side of a roof, south side. They're almost as cheap as a facade material. And uh, and and people want them on their homes. And so you can argue that somebody will pay more for a house that has lower utility bills. Now, what our modeling does between loose tight and smart, and then smart with solar, because when you get to smart, you also see, man, that solar system, that's just a small fraction of the roof size. And I can add another 200 feet and get uh, 200 square feet and have enough to drive my EV 12,000 miles a year. Well, that's like the size of the car bay roof. And so it lets you see what the money is and then what you're gonna be writing each month for a check. So when you assume that mortgage, uh, 30 years or 20 years, whatever interest rate, and you find out, okay, I've got the most economical house or the lifetime I've assumed, that's the minimum. 
Now can I afford it? Can I write a check each month? And when you compare loose, tight, and smart, you find out, okay, my mortgage for smart is higher than it was for loose. Now, if I roughly remember the numbers, we were maybe $155,000 to $160,000 for contractor loses home in central Illinois with something similar to our prices, what would be maybe 100, 125 bucks a square foot to build. And contractor smart was over here, maybe 175 or so, and then maybe 195 or so with solar added on. And, uh, and so contractor smart has a bit higher mortgage but with the utility bills added in, you see that Contractor Smart actually has the lower total monthly cost because the utility bills drop more than the mortgage went up. And of course, even though you have a 30-year mortgage, not many people live in the house 30 years. But beyond 30 years, if you did stay in the house that long, all of a sudden you have this tremendous drop in your monthly cost. You know, your mortgage is Hopefully you got the kids out of the house, your mortgage is paid off. And now, you know, you can get old like me and hopefully have a few bucks to go out and enjoy life. Yeah. And I think um, when you talk about uh, how long things last too, we always hear, you know, the lifespan of windows is 25 years or the lifespan of solar is 25 years. But that doesn't necessarily mean end of life, you know, solar loses what 1% a year. So after, after 25 years, it's still producing 75% of the power that it was producing before. Right. Yeah. So you want yeah. to remind people that that doesn't necessarily mean you will have nothing after the end of life. The, the solar panels don't just fall off the roof and cease no. production, you know, windows, if you have managed your moisture and other issues, don't just fall out of your yeah. Um, occasionally they get broken, uh, they get condensation in between the windows or, you know, they are wood and they just fail over time because maybe they weren't painted or cared for. Um, I have single pane windows in my house um, that was built in the 70s. That will be the last thing that we replace because they don't need to be replaced until yeah. we get to the point where, you know, that dry rot or whatever is getting you know, and then we've done everything else. And that's the thing about pretty good house and renovations that um, in the first book, we talked a lot more about new construction just to get concepts and ideas out there. Um, we want to talk about renovation and how to make those choices. So it's great to hear that zeros can also do that and help people to make economic decisions yeah. because windows are expensive and they don't pay for themselves. And that's one of the things that people want to, you know, want to change right away. So I love that you could put it in zeros and you can see how much this is going to cost me, how much it's going to save me in energy um, and potentially learn that maybe adding that uh, um, system for ventilation is going to be more important. Like you said, I have a loose house. We're working on tightening it up as we do renovation projects. Um, but one of the first things that we did was to add some smart ventilation to our house because you know what? That outside air is coming from my attic. It's coming from my basement and it's not super healthy for yeah. what we're doing. So um as we make improvements, we can, we can would do that, well, but our health was important. So you bring up an important point on windows, which windows are maybe the most complex component um, in a home performance wise and then cost wise. 
And, um, and there's a series of 12 ASHRAE journal articles that uh, Ben and I wrote, my son Ben and I, uh, they're posted on our website at buildequinox.com, but they go through the optimization of this house that I'm seeing that we call Equinox House, but on the wall, roof ins insulation, uh, thermal mass, we've characterized the thermal mass of the house, moisture mass, a house has a, a moisture storage mass, uh, characteristic, but windows. And one of the things about windows and uh, our window manufacturing friends don't like to hear this because people are under the impression that windows will save you energy. But when you go to optimize a house, you'll see that the optimum house has no windows in it. It would be, you know, uh, uh, a square foot of heavily insulated wall is a lot less expensive and better performing than a window. And we'll tease them and say, well, you know, with today's technology, just put a, a camera on the other side of the window and a flat screen TV, and you can see the outside and it'll be crystal clear. And then if you're tired of looking at, you know, your neighbor or whatever's out there, put on Hawaii or put on, uh, you know, the mountains. And, but who's gonna buy a house without windows? nobody and so the aesthetic so we tell people windows are for light and delight um they're for health it's important to get that light in our eyes and on our skin and they make the house attractive and they make it wonderful inside and outside and so you know the value of that house is going to depend on the aesthetic of it and that's where you know it's so important that you give people the look and the feel and the you know the space they want but it's a hard thing to quantify. You know, yeah. The engineering side is going to say, don't put a window in. So we're coming up on our 15 minute segment on economics. And I think it's me because I don't, I'm surprised that any window manufacturer even talks to me anymore because I talk about windows so much and the economic value of it. Um, our natural thing to do is if the house doesn't look good, throw more windows at it, right? That's sort of a standard which we want to do the opposite of. I love light and delight. That is a great way to describe it. We often say, um, let us help you program where those windows need to be to capture what we want with the house, daylight planning, where you're sitting. And then let's just put in a lot less windows where we don't need them that I love where you just said, you know, that one foot thickness of wall, one square foot of wall with insulation in it is so much cheaper than a window. So I hope everybody heard that as we were talking about economics. I hope everybody goes over to buildequinox.com uh, slash zeros and tries out zeros. It's a free software um, that you can use so that you can talk about economics, which I love that they have built into their energy modeling software. Um, but you can also see improvements that you can make. This follows right along with Pretty Good House. And I appreciate you coming on, Ty. Go check out uh, what Build Equinox is up to, the Serve 2, uh, the ventilation systems that they have, and the articles that they've written. So thank you for joining me today to talk a little bit about economics. I think since you've written 11 other articles, what I should do is just have you on once a month for 15 <laughs> minutes for the rest of this year. Sure. We'd love to do that. 
Okay, this was season five, episode one, the first time that I attempted to do a much shorter podcast. One of my favorite podcasts is 15 minutes long, and I thought, let's try that out this year. There might be longer episodes later in the season. Let me know what you like, what you don't like, and if you enjoy listening, like and share the podcast. Thanks, and until next time, stay nerdy. Stay nerdy.